Well, welcome back to another episode of The Miles Driven with me, Miles. Good afternoon, from Sam. No, that's not a different language, mate. It's not, but you know. Got me excited after the last one. I yeah, thought we, we might come out of recording in quick succession. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, okay, so we need you to go home, yeah. find a couple of new I, languages. I'd say I need a week. Fair enough. To think of a word. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything that I would know, but I think you've, you've gone through them all. No, I've, I've got a few ideas. I just need to write them down. And you need, just need to know what the actual language is. Unfortunately, we didn't have time. Yeah. <clears throat> anything new you want to start this podcast with, Sam? Any, uh, any... Oh, you've put me on the spot. Yeah, I, I thought I would. Yeah. Why not? Uh, no, as, as always, the answer is no. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. Uh, I'm going to start with a... It was a, so there was a question that came in. I wanted to do um, a particular podcast about European muscle cars, but... Right. Fortunately, we had someone who sort of asked a similar risk question, and I was going to do this podcast in six or seven weeks' time, and I thought, well, we'll drag it forwards. Okay. Um, and it was basically, it was from Peter, and I, I'm, I, Peter, I've got to sort of read it, not exactly as you sent it, because I'm guessing that just through typing on a keyboard and okay. sending it on Instagram, it, it's just not come through quite as you meant. But um, it was... I was literally putting words in your mouth there. Car manufacturers aim to save high pro. Oh, here we go. Oh, have European muscle cars all gone? So, are there any left? Now, I guess that you weren't talking about sort of old Jensen interceptors for the UK, because <laughs> well, that's when you <laughs> yeah. think of European muscle cars, they're you've got to think what does it mean? Because an American muscle car is sort of it was always cheap power. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's you know a, a, a Mustang, for example. It, it competed with much more expensive vehicles, but and it couldn't for an interior, but for a power-wise. Yeah. It, for, in Europe, we have a bit of an oddity where today, or at least if we look at what would be on the used market, so Mercedes AMGs would be our muscle car, you know, a C63 with a 6.2-litre yeah. V8. Uh, Audi had the... I was going to say the RS. They had the RS4 on the old one with the 4.2-litre. They had the S5 with the 4.2 litre. Yep. They had the RS5 that had a different 4.2 litre. Naturally aspirated, big, powerful V8 cars. Now, today, uh, there's nothing I could think of that was still on sale, actually, because Mercedes, they got, they are still doing the 4 litre V8 twin turbo, but only in a very small number of vehicles. Audi have pretty much gone away from anything. Um, Interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just trying to think what they actually do, but there's nothing... That's, I mean, of course, they've got the new RS4, the new RS6. I wouldn't really put them in the muscle car. They, they sort of fit a you know, fast wagon type vehicle. Yeah, yeah, they um, don't really strike you as a muscle car, do they? No, and the new, uh, well, the RS5 now, it seems more like it's gone towards sports car. Uh, okay. M3s have never really been muscle. They've, again, they've been more yeah. sports car-ish type of, you're chasing the supercars yes. in that yeah, yeah. Uh, area. Uh, Porsche, obviously, again, that's your sports car, stuff like that. And you look back to the UK... We had the Jaguar, uh, we passed one actually just, just uh, recently, Jaguar F-Type. Yes. I would have yep. said that would be a muscle car, but then because it would overwhelm its rear wheels easily. Yeah, so I'd put it in sports car. Yeah, see, I think well, I think all the newer ones are. Just the, uh, the, the when they first came out with them, yeah, no, that's the fair. V8s just overwhelmed the rear wheels constantly. Yeah. That's why they bought yeah. them out in all-wheel drive, because they were like, actually, people are just spinning them into a hedge. Which it's not, it's not a good look for a Jaguar driver. No, but it's exciting, isn't it? It's exciting. I might get home. <laughs> it's not what Jaguar are about. No, I, I think they, their customers were like, "Wow, this is amazing!" And then coming back to the dealer fifteen minutes ago later and saying, it's "Less amazing yeah, now." Let, yeah, uh, now that the AA have had to bring me back. Can I have here. a new one? Yeah. Uh, so for new, I really struggled actually. I did have a good look around, but yeah, Ford, for example, we do still in the UK have the Mustang, but it's not. A European muscle car. It's just an American yeah. muscle car that's sold here. I had one that I wanted to pick out because I don't think really, if you were trying to fit a true muscle car, Audi and Mercedes, do they fit it? They certainly have the horsepower, but they also had a premium interior. They were a premium brand. So are they a muscle car like a Mustang is? Because a Mustang, you, you know, you, you shouldn't be getting very expensive interior stuff. Just no. a big engine. Yeah, yeah. And that's you know, take, what takes and you away. And some noise. Yeah, and some noise to go with it. So I had to think back to what I would consider European muscle, and I could only think of one car that really ticks the box, and it's not actually European. But it was sold with a European badge. Okay. I want to see if you can think of it, actually, Sam. Oh, I knew you'd do this. Yeah. I'll give you a few clues with it, so the listeners might be able to oh, get it. Oh, Monaro. Oh, you got it in one. <laughs> you got it in one, yeah. 
Uh, Vauxhall Monaro, of yeah. course, anyone in Australia who's listening to this is going, what, you mean Holden Monaro? Yeah. <laughs> or if you're in America, it was a Pontiac GTO they rebadged it as. Yes. We got it, so we got the Holden Monaro rebadged as a Vauxhall Monaro. Many owners go and buy 15 quid uh, Holden badges online and just stick yeah, that on because yeah. it, that is what they are. And we're not pretending they were European muscle cars. We're just saying that because it had a Vauxhall badge on it. They're Commonwealth. Yes, exactly. Exactly that. Yeah, we, we really want to claim them because they were fantastic <laughs> vehicles. So they started off in, in for the UK. I'm not actually sure Europe. I'm trying to think actually who would have got them in Europe, but because they were, they were Pontiacs in America and left-hand drive, so they would have got them in a left-hand drive. But I'm not actually sure they were sold across the whole of Europe. I say I know we got them, but yeah. then it wasn't such a big. Yeah, because Australia's right-hand drive were right-hand drive. They just send them over here with a mile from and miles an hour. That, that's something that still turns your head when you see one. What's that, Monaro? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, it still turns my head when I see one, anyway. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. Well, they, do you remember what Monaro's became? Because I was going to run through their, their lifetime, but I'll see uh, if... You... The VXR8. Very yeah. good. Yeah. And then after that... Oh, they I did... don't know. I thought... My knowledge, I thought that would get me through there. But It almost gets you through. I'm just trying to... Um, pick up what they because I think they became something like a GTS or something here. Oh, okay. Uh, actually, this is something you can do, Sam. You can have a quick look online and just tell me what they are, and I'll run through the, the history of them. So you can just go into Horse Trader and just tell me which what uh, variations they had. In the UK, we got them in about 2004, and they started off with a 5.7-litre V8, which I think is a LS3? Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not, Sam? <laughs> Um, but I could be wrong on that one. Then they switched, and about 2006, we got them as a 6.1 uh, V8. Uh, again, same variation crate engine from Chevrolet. And then they had them as a supercharger. Now, I'm not sure if the supercharger was bolt-on kit that you could have from the dealer or whether they were sold as supercharged. What am I supposed to be looking at, Autotrader? What they, were, what they were called across the range. So they were, they, if you search, you'll get Vauxhall Monaro come up. Yeah, yeah. And they're then, quite expensive still. Ah, oh, they, because they've become now... Yeah, you... 106,000 miles, £13,900. Is that for... What's that for? What's that uh, getting you? An 06. Is that a 6.1? A 6-litre V8, yeah. Yeah, 6... Okay. That's a nice one, though. Yeah, that's got the kit on it sort of thing. Yeah, see, is there, is there, are there any earlier ones than that? Like an 04 with the 5.7? Yep. How much is that? £15,900. Wow, wow. Why is it so expensive? Is uh, it it's only one? done 75,000. Okay. There's another one, rare, 76,000 miles, still 15 grand. I'm quite... I'm so quite... what else did you want me to look? So if I get rid of Monaro, what am I supposed to be looking what for? What did they then become for us? I say, Oh, okay, we've got a VXR8. Yeah. And what did you say the other thing was? GTS, I think they were called. <coughs> uh, I've got no GTS on here, no. No? No. Maybe go on to the VXR8s and just see what, what, uh, what years do they go up to. Maybe I'm wrong, because they, they definitely were still selling them uh, from Vauxhall, difficult to get hold of, but they were definitely still selling them until about 2018, 2019. Oh, I've got 2010 is the closest one. Here. Yeah, and no, I see, I did think there was um, there was something else that was sold here. Well, it's going to be difficult to find though, isn't it? And they, stuff... did, they didn't look as good when they were the VXR, right? I don't think, because they became like a four-door then, didn't they? Yeah, and so there was an, there's an evolution of that. So that's oh, okay. that's the one that I think if you look at the next one. Oh, I think one, I know what you're talking about. The I'm next one. It's called. I think it's. I'll based... run down Vauxhall's list and we'll see if you can guess which one. Yeah, because I think the next <clears> one's based on the Commodore. Rather the Vauxhall than... Adam. No, it's not the an Vauxhall, Adam. The Vauxhall Agila. Uh, no, it's not the an Vauxhall Agila. Ampera. Oh, the Ampera. We brought that up in a previous podcast. It's, it's no, it's not. It's not that. No, definitely not. The Antara. Uh, no. Astra. Astra uh, GTC. Probably not. Astra Van. Oh, maybe it's Astra Van. Calibra. Carlton. Cascada. Cavalier, Combo, Combo Life. Vauxhall made a lot of cars. Corsa. We're going to finish this now. Corsa, yeah. Corsa Van, Crossland, Crossland X, Grandland, Grandland X, Insignia, the Lotus Carlton. There's only one of those for sale. How, much, whole is, country. how much is that Lotus Carlton? Out of interest. £89,000. Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. There was a, do you know what? I was gutted last year. Sorry, LS2. Um, for the, for the Hang Monaro's. on, we're not finished with we're, we're, this no, podcast. Attend to Vauxhall's. Yeah, I was just that catalogue. That Lotus Carlton. I was gutted last year. I had the opportunity to go and do a photo shoot with one, and um, just through scheduling, I couldn't do it. Ah, I, was, I, I, say, I knew that this would be an opportunity that would not come along very yeah. often, and uh, unfortunately, yeah, it 
it um someone else got the uh, got the gig if you like. Oh, we're into the back end of the catalogue now. Second oh. half of the alphabet. Okay. Mariva. No. Mocha. No. Mocha X. The Monaro. The Mavano. Okay. Nova. The mm-hmm. Omega. Oh, the Omega was all right, wasn't it? The, yeah, well, the Omega was a saloon. Right? Yep, back in the day. <laughs> I, to say, was, uh, like, I think the British Prime Minister had an Omega. <laughs> Signum. With a 2.8 V6. Was a nice car. How much are Vauxhall Signums? I thought of that car the other day. I thought, God, you don't see them anymore. Oh, only about 1,500 quid. You could buy one. Really? What's the cheapest one? The cheapest. Yeah, I don't want the, I don't. <laughs> Yeah, don't want any good stuff <laughs> no, around here. What's the cheapest? £1,495 for a Vauxhall Signum 1.9 CDTI 16 valve exclusive. Exclusive. New arrival. 55 Reg, 150,000 miles. That's got your name written all over it. Only 150? Only, so practically, it's not even run in yet. So if you don't want that, no, Tigra? No. Vectra? No. A Victor? There's only no. one of those for sale. It's very rare. A Viva? A Vivaro? A Viva or a Viva? No, a, a Viva? <laughs> yeah. Vivaro? A Vivaro Life? Oh, this is the car. That. The GTS. Oh, okay. Well, they don't sell those here. Are they not? VX220. No, but you know, those are cracking cars. You know what they yeah, are? Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. They're on a Lotus chassis yeah. and they put in, and you can yeah, well, buy them with a two litre. I saw one of those the other day, actually, and I thought, wow, that's a blast from the past. So they do you know how much put... they are? I have no idea. What do you reckon the lowest well, price is? So they sold them with two different engines. You can either buy them with a 2.2, which was in an Astra and a few other Vauxhalls, or they sold it with the two litre turbo, which again they put in, I think it was in the Astra GSI, but in the SRI, certainly. Um, I reckon they're going to be a lot of money because how many are there for sale? Uh, Eleven. Oh, and I tell you what, they range from the lowest price. Yep. The highest one is double the lowest price. Okay. Do they starting price fifteen? No, twelve. Wow, that's for a two point two. Yeah, but the highest one for a two point two eighteen thousand. Oh, so there was a twenty four. Yeah, so twenty four thousand pounds. Is that still a two point two? That is a two lead turbo. Yeah. See, that's. Because what? Um, because Lotus didn't do anything with it. Yeah. Their but anyway, just to finish it off, the Zafira and the Zafira Tora. So go back to that VXR8 that you were looking well, at. I want to talk about the Zafira Tora. Sorry, go go and talk about the Zafira Tora, mate. I don't want to stop you. So anyway, the VXR8. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to know? About I, that? Do you know what I wonder? How much is a Zafira VXR these days? Okay. Do you remember they made those? Yeah, I'll have a look. I I, I can't. Think. I actually have driven. I've definitely driven one of them. There's only four for sale in the country because most of them are broken. Yeah, all up a tree. What do you reckon? They're either expensive or nothing. So, two and a half thousand. Do you want the good good one with low mileage or the one with high mileage? I want the worst one. Oh, eight with 131,000 miles on it. Okay. An 08. 20, don't know, not, let's not say what. 20 grand? No, I was going to say 2,200. Oh, right. Um, 3,000 pounds. They're not bad, 3,7. Really? Yeah. With how much on it? 131. Is it in Arden Blue? No, it's in black. There oh. are, there's, there's black, black, silver, black. I don't have any Arden Blue ones on no. there at all. Oh, the most expensive is a 54,000 miles, 08 plate again, 8,450 pounds. For a, okay. For a Vauxhall, I know. Well, I'm just thinking that, I mean, I suppose it will become a... Or will it become a classic? No. They're never going to sell a a people carrier that's hot again. I'm, I'm saying that. It'll be famous last words, and there'll be electric hot people carriers coming out. Yeah. But I can't think of... I mean, the VXR brand for Voxel is pretty quiet at the moment. They still sell... In fact, no, there's a new... I can't. I'm trying to think if there's anything that's VXR spec. I, I don't think there is. The just, oh, do they not sell the Astro anymore? Uh, they set, they've just brought out a new Astra. So the the Astra you're thinking of, the, the um, GTC, they don't, sell oh, okay. they don't sell that as a VXR anymore. Uh, the Corsa, I think the VXR in that has gone. They sold a GSI, which is also now dead. The Insignia is hanging... The, the basic Insignia... Do you know how much an Insignia is now? Oh, something stupid. Too much money. That's how much it is. <laughs> well, yeah, it always Thir- was. 30... Two thousand pounds, I think they started. Why? <laughs> I have no idea. The the Mondeo now has. has have they gone. sold any? Um, I think the only people they sell them to are like the police or someone that has to buy them. Well, not has to, but yeah, you know, the they... police or like a, a double glazing salesman. Yeah, someone who's sort of like they get a massive fleet discount. They're like, oh, yeah. it's thirty two grand, but for you, it's twenty. Yeah, I just can't believe an insi- to in in my head an insignia is you walk in the dealer and say, 
yeah, I've got £220 a month to spend and I've got nothing to put down, but I can part exchange this. The thing that's outside smoking. The, the sheet <laughs> metal with wheels outside. <laughs> yeah. And and so they say, oh, yeah, we can do that. Not, well, this is the same money as a 3 Series, so, so actually... <laughs> Yeah, I wonder what you could buy. A... Anyway, besides the point, there, there was so there was go back to the GT, um, the VXR8 again for just a second. Okay, what's the price range on them? Bear with, hold the line, call up. So they were definitely still going in seventeen. I'm pretty sure that you, that there was newer ones that were still going. Okay, so the lowest price fourteen thousand pounds. Oh, nice. The highest price thirty four thousand pounds. That's for a Centurion edition. Let's have a look at it. That's a bit of you, though, so... Oh, it's still not the one that I was thinking of. And you're saying there's not a there's not a slot on... Well, you've no, written... there isn't. No, I've gone through the whole Vauxhall lineup, And there was nothing that looks like this, this uh, no. VXR8 GTS. Wow, that must have been a really rare car, then. But then, I suppose I'm not surprised, because how many people in 2017 said, I want a £50,000 Vauxhall with a 6-litre naturally aspirated V8 in it? Not many people. Not enough people. Manual <laughs> gearbox as well. I tell you what, all those people right now are kicking themselves because that car would have probably been like that Focus RS we were talking about in the previous yeah, podcast. Yeah. Buy it, wouldn't have lost a penny, and now you could sell it. And instead they bought, I don't know, an M3, which is devalued in price while they've owned it. They've had some fun in it, but, you know, didn't have a thunderous V8, did it? No, exactly. <laughs> they haven't had the fun. Um, yeah, so I, I didn't... When I, was look, when I was thinking of it, and I was thinking of the cars I've driven, I say the S5 is the one that sticks in my mind. Yeah. As this sort of it has the rumble and everything else, and especially now, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I'd love to have something just had a rumbly V8. I know that they're not massively out of budget, are they? No, I mean you can pick up a reasonable. Well, it depends one. on your budget. Is obviously it does. Yeah, of if course. your budget's fifty quid, then you're out of budget. <laughs> then, then, yeah, but I mean you can go into it if you if you if you want to get a bit of a loan on something, then seven and a half thousand pound loan will get you an S5. Yeah, if, if you, you want, want a you nice want to push one, it up to sort of ten or eleven. As I say, really, if you want a nice one, you could go into a dealer who can offer a bit of finance. If you're still looking at payments and say pay between ten and twelve and get a good one, um, if you've got that budget to go for, then as I say, you're looking between seven and twelve, really, depending on. I think you might be able to get one for early six, six and a half, but it's going to be the sort of thing I would buy. So. So in stay half. clear, guys. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, and, and plus I want to buy that sort of stuff, so don't, yeah. don't rush out and buy. But no, I think especially if you wanted one as a bit of a project, you know, if you sort of said, "Well, I'd like a little bit of a muscly type vehicle." Yeah, and I think it's I think it's a great. I mean, I want one. Oh yeah, they're, they're, if I had the money, I'd buy one. Not with the current fuel prices. No, but then if it was a second vehicle, something you would have driven. Yeah, but on I mean, a weekend. Well, I mean, we're both quite far away from having. Second vehicle's worth ten grand. It'd be nice for you to have a first vehicle. Yeah, I know. Full stop. End of sentence. I was, I was, I was no, oh, I was, oh. I wasn't close to buying anything. Oh. Actually, I was, I was a bit close to buying something, and I was like, do you know what? This is a terrible idea. So I'm not going to wow, buy that, it. That must have been really bad or really good. What was it? As you know, what it was it wasn't too bad actually, but it was something that clearly would have been. Well, you would have laughed. I but, always laugh at. Everything I can't think did. actually. Do you not? What was the thing you? What was the last thing you didn't laugh at? That I bought. Um, oh, the Golf GTI. Yeah, but it turned into a sort of laugh, didn't it? Oh, it did. It's rusting and falling apart. And the last thing I didn't laugh at, probably your S3. Mate, that was over a decade ago. Exactly. That's how bad your <laughs> your car buying history is. Uh, Anybody that knows you will back me up. I say, if your partner was in, I would go and get her and bring yeah. her in here and she would back it up. The Civic Type R I bought. The... That was okay. I yeah. wasn't a big fan of the Type R at that yeah, point. Yeah, no, I know you weren't. Uh, I, I don't know, well, yeah. And then I tried to get a Leon Cooper R. You said that would have been nice. Yeah, well, but it turned into a laugh again because you well, the gearbox well, was broken. The owner came and crashed it into a post, and the gearbox was broken. Not a post put in by seven rugby players on the way to their ground. No, <laughs> but yeah, it depends. I suppose again, it, this depends a little bit on your. Well, different people seem to have a different idea what a muscle car is because there is the whole thing of a Dodge Challenger, which is the most classic of. Yeah, I mean, muscle that's, a, that's a muscle car, isn't it? Oh yeah, I mean that's if you it's and, square. Yeah, it's just a square a wedge <laughs> that you can buy with a. It's like the car you used to draw when you were at school. Yeah, you'd go up, across, yeah. slight slant yeah. for the windscreen, across, slight slant for the rear screen. There you go. Across, down, and then across wheel arch, across wheel arch, join up to the first line. Yeah. 
and, and then, put some wheels on it. Just put some <laughs> wheels on it, preferably massive wheels. Yeah. And then... <laughs> With an exhaust come out the back sometimes and a bit of smoke. If you and then stick a massive inlet out the front top of the bonnet and now you've well, got you a muscle might, car. You might have. <laughs> on every single car I drew, <laughs> even if it was a family car. <laughs> I can't see out the windscreen because I've got this massive inlet now yeah, sticking out. It's bigger than the height of the car. Um, anyway, so yeah, I, I wanted to cover off that question, which I just thought was a was an interesting um, one to pick out, which was muscle cars of the of Europe. I, as I say, there isn't really anything else. There's a couple of things that have been sold in Europe, but nothing I could think of specifically. No. Um, where we had, you know... Historically, of course, yeah, you can go back to things like the Jensen Inceptor and say, "Oh, yeah, well, they did make them." Certainly, there's quite a few breeds. And TBR. Lotus Elan, was it Lotus Elan? Not a muscle car. No, no, no. no. I can't. I'm trying to think. Uh, there was the Aston Martin Vantage, the the very squarey one, the first one they made. Not the not the sports car one of the last fifteen years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The original seventies oh, okay. yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice one. I liked that. Um, but there isn't. So you've got to go back quite a far way, and a lot of them are British. I was desperately trying to find something that Volvo had done, or that had Saab. I, I thought this is the sort of thing that Saab would have done at some point. Gone. Yes. <laughs> We're very interested in suddenly uh, making a muscle car for no reason. Done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and just throwing something out with a, with a fourteen liter V twelve in it, or some <laughs> crazy thing like that. But unfortunately, even they were had, had restrictions at some points. It, it appears. Um, so yeah, there wasn't. Wasn't it? TDR else? made some good cars though. Oh, Not made some muscle, muscle car. The Cigaris was yeah. a particular favourite of mine. Yeah, definitely. When we were younger, that was just a wild car. It was. If you don't know what a Cigaris looks like, if I just double check, it's the one I'm thinking. No, no, of, it, it, it's the, short, the short one. Yeah, it's the one you think. Yeah, of. if you if you don't know, just type in on Google TDR Cigaris and just have a look at the uh, the styling on it because it's a it's an interesting car. Oh, it's great. And, and that was probably the wildest one I think they made. Um. That Griffin 12 thing I brought the up before. The Speed 12. The yeah. Speed 12, where it had yeah. just holes in it everywhere. Yeah. That would have probably been wildest from the point of view of, if you saw that going down the street, you'd think, <laughs> what oh, race the new, track... the new Batmobile yes. some <laughs> What racetrack has that escaped from? <laughs> that shouldn't yeah. be on the road. Uh, but the Cigaris was pretty... Although there was a little bit of sensibleness where they covered in the, the juts that were cutting to the bonnet, for example. They, they filled them so that the wind, windscreen yeah. <laughs> wouldn't get smashed with rocks, but... Apart from that, it was... Yeah, it was the back of it, because it sort of swept up at the back, didn't it? And yeah. It was sort of almost flat at the back. Yeah, yeah. A, almost like a vertical spoiler that was just a vertical piece of plastic. Yeah. Okay, well, that, that's it for muscle car. So, if you want a European muscle car that isn't European, but has a European badge, so we can sort of... We'll, we'll rib the Aussies a little bit and say, oh, we'll claim it, but we, we know we're not going to really claim it. It's a Voxel Monaro. And for the sake of it, buy a 15 quid Holden badge off eBay and, and put that on it, because it is... I loved it when I was in Australia as well because I used to see a lot of these and I used to see a lot of the pickup versions, the Malou. Oh, just, yeah, yeah. I remember there was a tradesman who used to work next to where I worked and I just see him and he was a young lad turning up every day with a six litre V8 in a Malou. <laughs> and he'd have like a lawnmower or a cement mixer or something in the back and this rumbling V8 in the front. That's what you should have though. I know, I was like, how, it, how is it only the Australians that work this out? How have the rest of the world not thought, that's a cracking idea? Why, why have no one else thought of it? And over here, you see tradesmen, poor blokes, having to get into a diesel transit. They could have themselves a six-litre V8 with a pickup bed in the back, take all their tools in it, job done. It's a winning idea. Um, the next uh, question we had um, was one I wanted to pick up, which was someone who said that they were really happy that you were on the podcast, Sam, because you seem to bring up Cheaper. I, I bring up cheap rubbish, <laughs> well, just because I like cheap rubbish. <laughs> but you seem to genuinely like to talk about the cheaper end of motoring, as in it's because it's what I can afford. <laughs> yeah, well, because, but apparently, and so I listen to a little bit of uh, podcasts from other other people that make them and YouTube and stuff like that, and they said, "Oh, I, I'm I'm sorry, I don't remember um, who it was that sent it in." And uh, everything else. It just was one of the messages that came in, and I just sort of sent back saying, "Just to give you thanks. guys, just to give you guys a little insight into Miles's uh, preparation for these podcasts. He's currently got what looks like a piece of A4 paper that's been folded in half four, maybe five times. Yeah, there's you know writing. What this is? There's writing at about eighty-five different angles. So there's no wonder he can't remember who's written a question when they come in because he just. I think you just scribble things down as they come to you. It's the one while thing you're I'm less organised with you in is if I see someone send a question, if it's just a quick answer of, oh, you know, thanks. Because they say they're oh, yeah. really enjoying the show. And uh just want to say thanks, Sam, because he sometimes brings up sort of 
This is getting less and less of a compliment. You're adjusting this to make it no, sound like it's not as good. No, no, but you're saying that, you know, you do bring up cars or at least want to talk about cars that other media doesn't always want to talk about. They want to talk about the new thing. And they want to say, oh, this is reasonably priced at 40 grand. And, and Is it because I keep banging on about like Astro VXRs? And... <laughs> yeah, but also stuff. If we talk about oh, what can you get for less than £5,000? And I think that the, the crux of their thing was they were looking for a new car. They were struggling to find something because they didn't want to finance. Yeah. Because they, yeah, they recently bought a house or something Did I like send that. in a question to you? It, do you know what? When I, when I read it, I, I sort of said, cheers, thanks. I will bring this up on the podcast. You know, yeah. I, that was my response to it. But... I did think, has Sam sent this in? Because it just made, sounds... made up a fake profile. Yeah, <laughs> he's made a fake profile, got a load of friends and stuff on it, and then come <laughs> and commented to me. But yeah, it was something like they were looking for a car, they bought a house, they didn't want to get more payments going on because they were just getting used to having a big mortgage, mortgage oh, payment coming out. I feel out. your pain. And uh, they had a very old vehicle that they bought sort of a year or so ago because they got rid of their car that was on payments. And now they'd saved up a little bit of money, but they, their budget really was sort of three, four thousand pounds. Didn't have to be the most fun, but you seem to sort of talk about this sort of stuff. And I, I had a little think about it, and you do more than me, I suppose. Yeah, well, you have wild dreams because you'll sit and you'll sit, and I imagine you'll probably do it later on tonight. But like, well, I do need to buy a car, so I'll look. What's my budget? Fifty quid. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's my realistic budget? Top end, oh, probably eleven hundred pounds. So you yeah. look, you'll find some stuff, and you think, well, if I'm going to spend £1,100 on that, maybe I'll spend two grand. i will borrow a little bit of money, I'll move a bit of money around, whatever. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, and I'll get this for two grand. Oh, well, if I'm going to do that, maybe I'll get this. This is only five grand. Oh, but if I'm spending five grand, I could probably squeeze myself into this. But if I get a good one of those, that's ten grand. And then fast forward, probably 15 minutes into your car search, you're looking at £100,000 Range Rovers yeah. on payments. Yeah. Um, well, it just makes sense, doesn't it? If, if I use this eleven hundred pounds, take it to the casino, yeah, and then I've got a deposit for a hundred grand Range Rover. I think we had this conversation the other week, uh, yeah, and I, I genuinely had it on the podcast. Oh, I did it with you in the room. I was like, you oh, did. I've just seen this. Sound. The thing is, if I'm going to go for that, and you said, are you going to do one of these things where you just talk yourself in? I, no, no, it's a thing to behold watching you search but for a car. In the end, you do because I, I sort of say, well, I know the maintenance on that's this. So I want to buy the next one, and then the maintenance isn't so bad. So that gets you out of this into a Range Rover because ultimately that's always the direction I'm trying to go in <laughs> and then for a minute I'll say actually I'm not I wouldn't spend 50,000 on a Range Rover you could buy a Ferrari 360 for that and you're <laughs> sat there thinking you're not going to buy a Ferrari 360 and also your budget is a grand yeah <laughs> you can save up payments and, and repair costs all you like but your budget is a grand so just go and buy something rubbish which is what you're going to do no I mean I could spend some decent money on a car I just really 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 don't, don't. want to no I, I constantly think that. I think I should go out and buy a sensible car. My partner's done it. She's had her car. It's been very good to us. And when I talked to her then, I said, oh, you think you'll want to keep it? You know, past its payments are about to end, um, she said, which means she'll have something she doesn't have to pay out for every month. Yeah. It's still quite a new car, and she loves it. She's like, why would I, why would I sell it and get something else? Well, like, because because some of us need a nice Because you want to buy it, yeah. yeah. And I'll give you a very, very good knockdown price yeah, for it. sure. <laughs> the, the ultimate mate's rates claim from yeah, Sam. Yeah, I'll give you six months loan of my garage and a grand. Sounds, like, sounds like a good deal to me. Plus an Astra. Do you know what? I still think that that would come out as a worse deal for you. It would, but I... Because the <laughs> garage would collapse halfway through. <laughs> yeah, it would. Because you, you filled the garage and now you're storing stuff on the roof. Yes. And I, I've convinced myself that a two-post ramp will go in there. And you'll be like, you cannot get a Range Rover into the roof of my garage. <laughs> No, it's all right, mate. It's only half a Range Rover. I've taken it off the chassis. <laughs> yeah, it's just the interior of a Range Rover sat in my garage. That, that was another question. Because when this... I was going to send a response to sort of say, oh, you should look at a Range Rover Sport. But I thought it's, it's a stupid thing to say. And I just sort of said thanks. And I'll bring it up on the podcast. But it brought me to a question. Because I thought, what? Because you, know, you can buy a Discovery or you can buy a Range Rover. I'm talking mm -hmm. older ones, 15 years old. Yeah. And they're both very good off-road. But which one is actually better? Because the Discovery is built on the old frame on... Uh, sh sh it's got a frame underneath it. Body on frame is the word I was looking for. Yeah. The Range Rover of that, the L322, isn't. It's it's sort of a newer monocoque. Well, I say monocoque, but it's one chassis integral to the body. Yeah. So you can't split them like you can a Discovery. And I was thinking to myself, I wonder which one is genuinely better to go off-road. Because both of them will have pluses and minuses to the way they've been built. 
And I, I thought I'll put that out to the listeners because there will be no doubt some people who are quite keen on this sort of stuff that might yeah, have I an opinion. So. I, I'm not sure you're the person to ask that. Probably not. Um, and that was going to bring me on to another uh, to another point. Oh, that was it. I had a question for you, Sam. Land Rover. How many Land Rovers do Land Rover sell? Not as in a year, but they have a range of cars what, they what, sell. What is their range? Yeah, so they... they so I'll, I'll tell you now. No, no, I'll tell you okay. now. They sell seven vehicles. Oh. If you walked into a Land Rover dealer, okay. and you said, hi, I would like to buy a car, they would say there's seven to choose from. Okay. How many of those are Land Rovers? Well, Defender, Discovery, Discovery Sport, and the other four are something else. Very good. I'm actually impressed. I thought I thought you'd be. I thought you'd get it wrong. Three of the seven vehicles Land Rover sell are Land Rovers. What else do they sell? The other four are Range Rovers. Oh, because they're Land Rover, Range Rover. Right. So they sell more Range Rovers today. The yeah, exclusive yeah. brand they sell more of. It goes back to what I talked about in the last podcast, where all these manufacturers are trying to chase the same customer, who's a premium customer. What is the cheapest car? When you said it, just I, I didn't realise you were including Land Rover, Range Rover. In no, I thing. thought that's why you. Yeah. But, so I would have got that. I'm not that dense. No, no. Well, to, you got three out of the, you got yeah. the answer. So it doesn't matter how you got there. Yeah. It's like a math exam. It's not a show you're working. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what were you saying, sorry? What's so the cheapest? What's the cheapest? Discovery Sport. That's what you, that would be the obvious answer. Yeah. yeah. So you walk into the dealer and say, hi, I've got... <laughs> I'd like a, non -ra a non Land Rover Land yeah. Rover. Oh, I've got the absolute bottom budget of whatever you sell. <laughs> and no taste. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what they, can I buy? They would say, sir, you can have yourself a Range Rover Evoque. Really? One thousand pounds cheaper. That's mad. Than the the. Well, I suppose neither neither of them are four by fours, are they? So. Uh, well, that's interesting. I think the Discovery Sport as the entry, I think, is all wheel drive. Oh, okay. But the Evoque, you're right, is not. No. So it's a I think the Evoque starts at thirty two thousand pounds or just over, and the Discovery Sport starts at thirty three and a half. Well, who knew? Well, it's just bizarre one, isn't well, it? you, obviously. Yeah, well, <laughs> but only because I looked it up. And I, <laughs> yeah. it, I just found it interesting. I was doing some, some work the other day looking at Land Rovers, and I thought, hold on a minute. Land Rovers sell less Land Rovers than they sell Range Rovers. That seems odd it in seems my like head. A, yeah, it seems like an interesting business model, doesn't it? It does. It just shows the way the world's gone, though. Well, it's all about their... It's all about status. It, it? It, it really, Over functionality. It baffled me for a moment, because I thought of my auntie, who now lives in Sweden... Because she's the one person I knew who was very loyal to Land Rover for quite mm -hmm. a number of years. Since she's been in Sweden, she hasn't had one because, uh, well, my uncle had a Range Rover. It broke down. He swore <laughs> no. It, I, I've told the story on the podcast. It left him out in the middle of Sweden, uh, north of Sweden in the freezing cold <laughs> and was completely like unable to be started. The ECU had failed and it was not an old vehicle when he had it. So he's sort of very strong on the idea of no. Yeah, I've tried fine. to edge him over to them, but being Finnish, he's a bit like, look, it failed on me once. It's, Never the only, it's the only vehicle to have failed on me so catastrophically. Yeah. So it's not happening. Oh, that's fair. Um, but she was the, the, I would say, a great Land Rover customer to bring up because she her first Land Rover was a Freelander. Okay. So she bought, I think she was living wow. in London at the time, and she bought a 1.8 petrol Freelander. And just, it wasn't a brand new one at the time. It's it a, classic, was, a classic Land Rover, that. The Freelander, isn't it? Now it is, yeah. At the yeah. time, everyone said, oh, it's on a Mondeo chassis and it's yeah, rubbish. Yeah. And now you see a Freelander and you just think, oh. it just looks like a Land Rover because yeah. they sold so many of them. So she bought, it had the 1.8 petrol. She she wasn't that impressed with the 1.8 petrol. I don't know whether she had a three or a five door first, but it's just a case of she went to the local dealer and said, look, I'm thinking of moving out of London, but I, I just want something from you for now and I can make a decision when I move out. Mm -hmm. So... She had a Freelander. She kept it for two years. Then she went and bought a new Freelander. Okay. So a brand new one at the time, which was a big upgrade from her old Freelander. She bought a diesel one because that was what everyone was buying at the time. So, <laughs> well, because uh, diesel was the uh, the saviour of the planet. Yeah. I think it was about 2004 she bought that vehicle. She had it for a couple of years. Went back to a Land Rover dealer. It was in for servicing. And she saw an orange. Oh, yeah, G4 uh, edition of the Discovery. Now, okay. Land Rover fans that listen to this car will be salivating right now <laughs> because they're very hard to find, the G4. So they're the okay. ones that are actually used. I'm going to have a look for one while you're... Yeah, they're used. Uh, Land Rover sort of take them on, take customers out in them and show really what a Land Rover can do. And they're all painted orange and they sell them at the dealers and they're a bit collectible now. So she just, just by chance, this dealer had one in the forecourt. It caught her eye. 
and she said well what a deal you could do me on a on a, it was a discovery two so the not the oh uh, five onwards the one just before that she loved it again she drove it around it had a td5 engine she had that and she moved to the countryside did everything she wanted it to do she had it for a couple of years and then she went to service that vehicle and the dealer seeing it uh, was very keen to have this vehicle off her he was like i want that i don't really want to sell it i want to put it in the used pitch at the front at the top because oh, okay. they have these you know they have these plinths and stuff yeah 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 and he said you know i'll offer you really good money because i want to put it at a high price and not sell it for a while because it well, just looks they don't sell you can't find any on auto trader if you go for a land rover let's yeah. have a look no you can't find them you can carry on your story i'm just saying you can't just none for sale no no so if you go for a discovery yeah two, discovery model variant uh i'm not sure if it will go under model variant or whether you just have to look. i'll tell you what type in orange i did oh they're, and nothing came up they're just the new ones Really? Yeah, just the Disco 4, or whatever it is now. You search Discovery on... Yeah, not... yeah, just Discovery on its own with Orange. Wow, okay, yeah, well, they, they, I suppose they were rare cars, so I suppose it shouldn't surprise me that much. But, so she then got herself a Discovery 3, uh, top of the line, TDV6, HSE model at the time, in black. It was a dealer car, it was one of their, it was their demonstrator. And yeah. they offered her such a cracking deal on the Orange one, she was like... Oh, we were, I was in the dealer with her, and she said, what do you think, Miles? I was like, this is a... I mean, the Discovery had been out at this point for maybe a year, and wow, this was okay. the highest spec one they sold. So it's not, it wasn't very common at the time. It was black, all black windows. And she was just like, looks a little bit gangster for me, but, yeah. I, <laughs> but you know, I've been driving around in an orange vehicle for the... So she yeah. really did not care what people thought of her, and uh, they offered her such a good deal that she was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. So she had four Land Rovers in the space of, say, six years. Mm -hmm. But what got her to buy a Land Rover was that first cheap, well, I say cheap, but that entry-level Freelander with a 1.8 yeah. K-series terrible engine that head gaskets keep blowing on. <laughs> but that's what got her into Land Rover. You know, that was, that was her entry. And then once she bought one, she bought another, and then she bought another. And if she hadn't moved to Sweden, she would have almost certainly... Bought another one. Yeah. And so I remember her discovery went in for a service and she lived out in the countryside and they said, oh, we'll do a pickup. So they left her with a Range Rover for the day. Oh, okay. And she was uh, like, well, this is really nice. But it was <laughs> a, a, even then there was a, quite a, a discernible jump between yeah. discovery price and Range Rover price. And she yeah, was like, fair. is there much of a jump now? If you get a top spec Disco 4, there so, can't be too much because it's the same Disco size. 5, Disco 5 oh, Disco now. 5. Yeah. This is pretty much the same. It's bigger than a Range Rover, isn't it? Uh, I know it's, same, it's, same it's taller. Size. So there's it's a definitely taller. There's a brand new Range Rover that's just come out. Oh, okay. Uh, do you remember same. we talked about yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm not sure which one's taller out of those two. Okay. But yes, you're correct but for what you're saying. Must be reasonably close. So the Discovery Five starts at just over fifty. Okay. What that's do you cheaper think? Cheaper than I thought. What do you think? Well, that's for the entry. Yeah, yeah. So you're probably going to spend more like sixty. Okay. What do you think? Like, uh, Range Rover starts. I, mean, at, I always thought that Range Rovers now start at ninety-eight grand. Uh, they start at ninety thousand. Oh, okay, yeah. So I wasn't too far. But do you know what's insane is that if I go back to those years when, uh, say, my auntie was looking at these, the entry for the Range Rover was in the mid to late forties. Yeah, it's insane, isn't it? So the bottom end of that has doubled, and I mean wages haven't doubled in the same time, and everything else no, hasn't doubled. No, no. So what's just interesting is, I, I just struggle with the idea of. Where's the next buyer? Yes, yeah. they've got their current their group of buyers. Well, that's the thing. I think I think their current their current group of buyers is probably big enough that they're not too bothered because everybody just wants a Range Rover. Anyone yeah. that can afford a car of that sort of price will just buy a Range Rover. But the question is, at some point, that runs out of. I don't know that it does though. Well, people die. Well, yeah, Put it that way, you know, 50 but, years time. But, but their wealth doesn't die. Their wealth passes on to the next generation. Yeah, but it's, their next well, generation's grown up being ferried around in the back of a Range Rover. Or a Land like, Rover well, Discovery. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, I will just buy that. But will they? Yeah, or will I, they go and buy a Tesla or you mm, know, a BMW? May, or, maybe, but I think Teslas are going to run their course at some point. It's an interesting point. Because there's just a lot of it. bad press coming out about Tesla at the moment. I said, The odd thing for me is that I'm not sure when they're actually going to release a new car as no. in 
And the, it's, it's the whole supercharger thing, isn't it? It's yeah, they've got. You're going to have access to this for X amount of time, but that's sort of disappearing now. Yeah, and then it's opened up to all other people with electric cars. So yeah, I, I'm not by no means saying that Tesla are bad cars. I'm just no, because whenever I, we do that, we get about yeah. 400 messages telling us well. I just, yeah. I just think the business model for Tesla's maybe not a long-term thought-out business model. My question just is, you know, I know from how uh, norm from your your. I don't want to say legacy manufacturers, but the manufacturers that have been going for a long period of time successfully, yeah. the ones we know, I know how their model cycle works. Mm-hmm. And by now, they would be replacing, for example, the X, the 4x4, the Tesla, yeah, uh, the S. They would be up at the end of their life for replacement. And we've probably already got a tease of what the next one is. Oh, Tesla yeah. haven't done that. No. And I don't really know that they've got a new car. They might be refreshing their old one. You know, I mean, other manufacturers have brought out new models and then facelifted and replaced. Yeah, in the time in the that those time cars have been running. That car hasn't even been facelifted. So, and, and it's not to say that they're the only one doing that. Sometimes cars do, yeah, Nissan 370Z ran from uh, 09 all the way up to last year. So sometimes yeah. they do look, but that car didn't sell many in the UK anyway, and they just decided to leave it on sale. Uh, because why not until eventually emissions regulations Speaking of to completely tangent for a second, speaking of random cars, a shot I saw the other day, you can play a little guessing game for a couple of minutes if you want, I saw mm. the other day that I thought, oh, do you know what, I would really like to own one of those. Ooh, I can give you a clue, Sam would like it's to a own. sports car. Porsche 911. No, cheaper. A car that you would like to own. I can give you the price bracket-ish if you want. No, no, it's fine. Sports car that you like to own. That hmm. I saw leaving work the other day. One, well, of the, one of the staff members at work had one, actually. Well, we know what a big fan of the Audi TT you are. It's, no, you're getting to the right sort of size. Yeah. Uh, BMW Z4? Oh, close. Porsche Boxster? No, you were closer with the Z4. Interesting. Shape-wise. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, I, I think you'll be impressed with yeah. you wanting one. <laughs> I'm trying to think now. So it was a two... Is it two seats? Two-seater, yeah. Front engine. Yep, front engine. And about the size of a Z4. There's someone out there listening to this who's already got it, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, Soft top and hard top. Oh. um, um, Soft top and hard top? I believe so, yeah. Mazda MX-5? Close, but no cookie. Ooh. Can you get the cigar? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, uh, no, go on. I don't want to... It begins with H. A Healy. No. Go on, think bigger brand. Uh, the begins with an H. Or is, it, is, is that the model? Is that the manufacturer? That's the manufacturer. Are they still making cars? Yeah. It's not a new car. No, no, but they're still making cars today. Yes. It begins with an H. What's a, what's a big manufacturer that begins with H? Um, this was like... Do you when, know what? This was like when they did Formula One and they were doing that on-the-grid um, questions thing. Yeah. And they asked Hamilton, they said... Manufacturer that begins with it. Oh, I've already and he, got and he, it. And he didn't get McLaren or Mercedes. Yeah. Do you know what I've got it? And I've what got the it? car as well. What? Honda S two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. Believe it. You know, when sometimes when we're doing these podcasts, because we're sort of sat here and it's not quite as naturally as we'd have a conversation. No. Things. Some... Is, to be fair, in here today it is quite warm. Yeah. Because we've got all the soundproofing and no airflow. Yeah. And so sometimes your mind goes completely blank, and until yeah. I listen back to it, I'm like, why didn't I say that? I meant to say that. I had a note <laughs> telling me to say that. I completely forgot. Uh, Honda S2000, yeah, they're cracking cars. Yeah, Abs- but much more expensive than I thought. Do, do you know, I had, um, had a neighbour a few years ago who had one. And yes, I just, she did. Well, I think we had the conversation recently, which makes that even worse. Yeah. get that. And uh, lovely guy, and he's still got his one, and I just said, I hope he never yeah. sells it. Because you, they're at about 12-ish, I think. That's... I think, I think that's I might actually... Run, it might be 15. I know, I know they're older cars, and I know I started this conversation by saying how someone would message in to say they were happy that you talked about some cheaper stuff, and we, yeah. then, we then moved on to this conversation. But 12000 for one of those, only because you're never going to be able to buy one of that sort of thing again, a VTEC, naturally aspirated, two-seat. I mean, Honda aren't going to be able to make one, and no other manufacturers are probably going to risk it, so... I think that's not too bad of money, and I'm not saying it because yeah. I, I I actually sold a couple of these and I couldn't fit in them. Start at ten, and go. I up. say I couldn't fit in them. I could drive them, but it was it was roof down, right? Very tight squeeze. Going up to start at ten, going up to about twenty for the one that you definitely hundred percent buy. Yeah, for the for the really clean one. Yeah, in the grey. That's lovely. In the grey. Well, that's got to be one of the late ones as well. Yeah, so 2007. Yeah, oh, that's nice. 
yeah. I, I can't, you cut this one of those cars you kind of forget I about. I completely segued and I genuinely can't remember what we were actually talking about no, before I segued. But, from that. Well, it doesn't matter because I was only going to say that um, the most... Well, to the people that were listening, I'm really looking forward to the end of this point that Miles is making and now we're four minutes down the line and we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like we can just sort of do a time scrub and go backwards yeah. and listen to ourselves talking. Well, apologies. And if that has annoyed you, please let us know and we'll finish the point in the next podcast. <laughs> on the fa- on Facebook to Sam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I wanted to just pick up on that point that someone had said they were just happy that we do, did, we do sometimes talk about cheaper cars. Yeah, well, I think we could maybe do a segment on cheaper once cars. every couple, I, once, maybe once a week, so not every podcast, yeah. you know, every other podcast. Of just stuff that's up, because especially at the minute, used car prices are mad. Yeah, maybe we could look into doing like a segment. Maybe we do once a week, once every once a week, so every other podcast on yeah. the our our hot pick or our hot yeah. take on a, a cheaper car well, to buy. Or... If you could think of something that would be your hot pick right now that wasn't the hot version, oh. say I'm going def- to defer to the next podcast because I haven't looked yeah. at cars for this week. So. Uh, my pick. Was and it only because this came up at work the other day and we were just talking about cars and I thought I wonder how much these cars are because I know they weren't necessarily that popular, mm-hmm. but I picked out a, a Toyota Auris. Oh yeah, because everyone's forgotten they existed. Yeah, if you want a car, and I mean you, you sort of sat there and you're like, look, uh, you know, you're inter- Obviously, if you're listening to this, you must be interested in cars, but <laughs> or you were just really like us. Yeah, <laughs> uh, flicking through podcasts, thought what are these two guys, and have just <laughs> carried on with the journey. And we oh, do. I've literally got nothing else to do. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I think for some people who are sort of saying, I'm really interested in cars, but there's other things going on in my life, as there are with a lot of people, and right at this minute, they can't afford not just the car, but they're thinking running costs, they're thinking fuel, they're thinking yeah. insurance. And they think, do you know what? I'm going to do a year in something a bit bland. And I've done this before. I've come out of something that was great to drive. And so yeah. <laughs> for the next year or so, I'm just going to save a few quid. You know, uh, did, didn't you just? <laughs> and I really did. And, yeah, and especially if you want to buy something a bit further down the line that's really caught your attention, but you know you're probably going to need to have some money saved either for maintenance for it, to buy it, or to finance it. You want to have a thick deposit for it, whatever else it is. Yeah. And so my pick was actually to, uh, I think Toyota Aris is, you can get relatively newer ones for less than £5,000. Oh, okay. Um, to the point where I think I found some, if your budget goes up to, say, 10000 they were stuff that was like three years old. Wow, okay. I was really surprised by it. But to me, it's just, if you're, if you're in your head saying, I want something that I can put tyres on if I need to, brakes if I need to, yeah. And service it once a year, and I really don't want to spend another penny on it. Really, I, you know, you begrudge washing the thing because it's just <laughs> like my car. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's just for serving a purpose. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they're sort of people don't think of them. Obviously, people will think of a Corolla, especially now that the Corolla is the only one that's out, and Auris was dropped. Um, but that car isn't likely to give you any trouble. Mm-hmm. You could go out there and pretty confidently buy a higher mileage one. And as long as it hasn't got clear evidence of abuse, then you know. And did you, what did you say? Under five grand. Under five grand. What can you get? My out? hot, my hot pick for this week. Yeah, go on. It's it's probably not as sensible. This would be my wild card purchase because, but an Alfa Romeo Brera. So I've gone. Why is it that I've gone with something that's sensible that's going to keep all through, and you've given some, but, which but, is definitely going to break down. Yeah, nothing but a <laughs> headache for you. Yeah, but it's just no, a nice. It? It's what just a it? nice car. What engine? Uh, two point four JTD. But no, they've got they've got petrols on here. There are petrols. I've just seen one. The only reason I said that. Like... Two point two JTS. Okay. Yeah. How much is that? Three thousand four hundred pound. How old is it? Two thousand and six. Yeah. So I mean, you're suggesting one buys a sixteen year old Alfa Romeo. Yeah. Okay. A twelve year old Alfa Romeo. For, oh, oh, that's twelve grand. <laughs> okay. I didn't think there's three. Okay. Here you go. I've got one. Uh, Fifty seven reg. £5,000, 2.2 JTS. The car lover in me wants to follow your suggestion on this, but... Oh, it's just such a nice-looking car. It's different, isn't it? Considering the person that sent this in was so happy that you were on the podcast because you were the one... But it's still cheap. It's still under five grand. Yeah, but they don't want to spend any money on it. Like, well, just don't a car spend any money on it. Then walk okay, <laughs> when it's broken down. I'll, I'll give you the equivalent. You can buy a Toyota Auris 1.6 with 90,000 miles on it from 2008 for £3,000. Yeah, but it's not as fun, is it? It's definitely not as fun. And it definitely won't cost you as much for maintenance and things like that. No, and then true. you can go and buy something that's fun afterwards. Why am I doing the sensible advice? It's never happened, Sam. No, it doesn't. Not, not in our friendship has this <laughs> ever happened. I'm just wondering what you could... If you stretched your budget a little bit further, I think that there's... Um... Okay, under five grand. 
Sorry, I'm just going to bring this one up. There's a two, there's a Toyota Aris for four thousand eight hundred forty-five pounds, hundred twelve thousand miles on it. It's from two thousand and thirteen. You know, so that's what nine years old. Okay. It's higher mileage, but do you know what? It's a Toyota. It's got a full service history. It's got a one point six engine, and it's the um, it's the newer shape of Aris's. So, just just my sort of suggestion: if you were out there looking and you thought, I do need something. I haven't got a huge budget right now, and I just need, I just want a car. And I'm sure Ford Focuses and Fox Lastrid and things, there's loads of those, but something that you can kind of depend on the idea, do an oil change, make sure it's got legal tyres and legal brakes, drive it for a year, wash it every now and again. Which breaks my heart because I'd rather you wash it every week. But Okay, 2005, 78,000 miles, £2,900, so £2,000. So hang on, it's 17 years old. Yeah, but you've got two grand for maintenance, Super Impreza. <laughs> <laughs> I've laughed silently there so that we don't get the massive spikes that you is that actually I might be interested in that can we give us that again for five grand for 143,000 miles 2005 you could get the uh, Subaru Impreza Sport Wagon is it WRX or is it WRX yeah WRX there you go it's a bit it's of you bad. five grand seems a bit rich for those yeah but only because I suppose I'd looked at them a few years ago when they were nothing and you know what someone's listening to this thinking actually a Subaru well, there yeah. you go. See, Sam so wants today. I can today. sometimes be wild, <laughs> <laughs> and I can sometimes be sensible. Yeah, it rarely happens this way. We've just entered a different yeah, it's universe. Yeah, sort of parallel for a universe. Second, yeah. You know, open the door outside, and everything will be upside down. Yes, uh, living in a non-gravity world. I think that's our, our podcast, Sam. Oh, we've managed to ramble on for fifty-two minutes. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah, but no, look, thank you to everyone who sent in a question. Sorry if I didn't mention your name, and I hope we've answered uh, any questions you had, uh, but. You know, we, we, we do try and match them up with podcasts we've got planned so if someone sends me in I think all oh, that kind of matches up with what we wanted to do we'll bring some stuff ahead and put some stuff a bit further back yeah um, that works quite nicely when we do that so thanks for listening everyone we've got next week we've got a bit of a structured one there's one I can't remember what it was now but there's, it's on our planner and uh, we'll get into that and as I say it won't be so much of us just <laughs> well, rambling I, I like it when we just have an open chat about yeah, stuff no, but I, I, I like do like it. to try and give the informative ones every now and again yes and I'll yeah. say that and I'll look at the planner and I'll realise something fun yeah I've probably bumped <laughs> that one for another few weeks <laughs> yeah. so thanks for listening everyone if you are interested in checking out any of the Miles Driven stuff uh, it's themilesdriven.com for the website and then it's the Miles Driven on all the social media ones isn't it yeah. so yeah, um, yeah uh, Twitter is a little bit less looked at yeah. than the others I would say but Facebook and Instagram gets fairly uh, regularly yeah, I think Twitter's our backup for now isn't it I think yeah I just I don't know Twitter's just I've never spent any time on Twitter no and I felt we should have it yeah but but we were, it's not a it's not a platform we're focusing on at the moment no and we seem to get uh, all of our questions through on Facebook in, and Instagram yeah, yeah. Um, and you can email us I think there's a contact on the webpage so you can you can send an email as well Ooh, go old school yeah so that might an email every now and again send us a fax with yeah, the fax yeah. machine <laughs> yes send us a carrier pigeon with a <laughs> thanks for listening everyone and we will catch you in the next one see ya Thank you.